Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey, Internet. Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Um, it has been a while. It's been a, I've been saying that a lot lately on this podcast. Every time I come on here, I'm just like, um, I know you haven't heard from me in a bit. Um, here I am, though. I'm here. Um, obviously, this is not a standard intoxicated episode, unfortunately. Um, I haven't really been feeling up for recording lately. I'm going through truly what I am describing as the worst depression ever. I mean, I feel like depression is kind of like Taylor Swift albums. Like every time Taylor releases an album, everyone's like, this is the best one. This is the best one. And every time I get depressed, I'm like, this is the worst one. This one is the worst one. Um, This one just feels weird. It feels different. It feels unlike other depressive episodes that I've had. So clearly the medication isn't doing its job anymore. Uh, I've been on it for almost a year um, I guess about 10 months, um, but it is an antidepressant and I'm currently not on any stimulants, which I think might be the issue. I think I need legit ADHD medication, but for the past month I've been in a big slump. I've been just feeling so depressed, so unbelievably unmotivated. Truly, you could put a gun to my head and be like, you just need to get this task done And I still probably wouldn't do the task. It's crazy what's shifted with my brain and just how hard simple things are right now. It's it's very I mean, honestly, it's not good. It's not a good state to be in what this is. And, you know, I I try to do little things to motivate myself, but I am in this really bad cycle of uh, 7 p.m. naps. They're just what I'm doing lately. Usually I get home from work 6.30 or 7 p.m. I have a nap and I nap for about one or two hours and I wake up and I sometimes I feel like crap. Other times I do feel more rested. Um, The energy thing is another big one. I think the two main things would be lack of motivation and inability to concentrate at all or hyper-focus at all. I used to be so good at hyper-focus. Uh, And that's just not happening these days. Uh, And the lack of energy and tiredness, just like constant tiredness. And it makes it does really make me wonder if it is something more physical, like something going on hormonally or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. The other thing is, is I am losing interest in my hobbies, hence the lack of episodes lately. Uh, I am you know, not finding myself excited to do the podcast or even do stand-up. Stand-up wise, I haven't done too much stand-up. I took about four weeks off of mics, which I'm going to be honest, I just needed to do. Uh, And I'm not going to lie, it was great. (laughs) It was great. But at the same time, I also was depressed still. So maybe this does play into my theory that I need to be a workaholic to not 
fall into depression. Also not healthy. So all around not healthy. All around not a good cycle to be in. But trying my best. I'm here. We're going to move forward with a bonus episode. It's just me for this bonus episode, which sucks, I know. But uh, it's always awkward asking a guest to do a bonus episode because then they're always like, oh, am I not worth a, is it not worth it for me to be on a, a real one? And it's just like, no, I just want to do something like more chill, no video, a little shorter, different. Like, it's really nice actually having someone to bounce off of. But I do feel awkward asking people to do that. So if you are a comedian listening to this and you are someone who wouldn't mind hopping on for audio-only bonus episodes, let me know and I'll hit you up next time. But for now, here we are. I'm very depressed. I've been a piece of shit. I've been lazy. I've been sleeping in the nighttime and then being wired until 1 or 2 a.m. usually and very tired all day. So that's currently where I'm at. Here in Halifax, the weather is also garbage garbage weather right now in Halifax it is like the gloominess of fall the rainy foggy gloomy darkness of fall with the gross hot humidity of summer and those two things combined are awful and I'm not a fan of I like dark gloomy weather it's actually my favorite I love fucking love overcast days uh, but I like overcast days when there's like some crispness in the air you know and the air feels like fresh and cool and it wakes you up and you just get a little chill but it's just a little chill it's not too much of a chill just enough to like wear like you know a sweater or a light jacket that's my favorite time of year and I'm pretty sure we just skipped it entirely we might have had a few days um, in September slash October, but even September was still summer. Why am I talking about the weather? No one wants to hear this. Uh, all I'm saying is, is that it, I think it does play into people feeling shitty and depressed and unmotivated. So if you're in my same boat, and I think a lot of people are, you're not alone. You are not alone. But we're getting through we're going through it. Um, I think lately for me, what's bringing me the most serotonin is the release of Taylor Swift Midnights. And don't worry, you guys, I'm not going to give a full breakdown of this album. All I'm going to say is it's the only source of serotonin in my life besides my cat. I think my cat and Taylor Swift are my sources of ser serotonin right now. Midnight's is amazing. I do think it's, mm, do I want to say it's her best album? I don't know. It's up there. It's fucking up there. Uh, it's definitely her most self-aware um, autobiographical album that she's ever put out. It's very mature. This is like an album that was written, you know, by a woman in her 30s, which is so fucking awesome. But it is also about like her past experiences and she has this great ability to still write amazing songs about things that happened many, many years ago. Anyways, it's amazing. It's been bringing me so much joy. It's been on repeat. Just, I just wish people would give her more of a chance. You know, people who like music and appreciate music, but don't have never like given Taylor Swift a chance, please give her a chance. You know, I would say listen to folklore or evermore. I think those are her like 
albums in, in terms of like songwriting and lyricism, probably her best albums. I feel like Midnight's this latest one has some really great lyrics. There's definitely some great, great lines in there, but it's almost like a mixture of great lyrics with fun music. And also I heard someone say, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you'll know this, but um, it has the confidence of reputation and the romanticism of lover. And I was like, that's the perfect way to describe this album. It is confident and self-aware, but also fun, romantic, uh, poppy, catchy, all those things that make pop music amazing. What else is new with me? I saw Tom Segura live at the Scotiabank Center. It was fucking unreal. Oh my gosh, to see a comedy show of that scale was just so cool and how comfortable he was on stage was just mind blowing. I loved it. That was really fun. That made me kind of like comedy again a little bit, you know, like I hadn't been going to shows and going with some comic friends of mine to that show definitely like put a little more a little more pep in my step about stand-up so really thankful for that I did have a out of town show last weekend in Sydney Cape Breton uh, I drove up with Chris Haleth and Travis Lindsay to that show it was a long drive like four and a half hours I think um one way so super long drive it's essentially like we essentially spent a full day of work, if not more, together in Chris's car. And you couldn't have picked two comics that would roast me more than these two. Because, oh boy, did they, did they give it to me on this trip. <laughs> uh, fucking um, moment that sticks out to me is so fucking funny. Like I, it ugh, kills me, but like we, we got coffee and we, we were picking Travis up and I was holding his coffee when he got in the car. I was like, here's your coffee. I almost drank it a couple times by mistake. And I was like, sorry about that, but don't worry. I didn't. And then he, he was like, it's all good. I'm not worried about catching anything. You don't fuck. And I was like, that's, uh, you called me out there and you're not wrong. You're very, very not wrong. So it was funny. It was a fun trip, fun show. You know, I think I did okay. I'm still feeling rusty and trying to get my, my comedy legs back after many weeks of not doing it. Um, and I'm rusty. I just, there's like certain moments that I stumble on words or I forget something and it feels sloppy and I hate that because I'm such a perfectionist. I want things to be perfect. I'm never happy with how I do. Like never, ever, ever. Never fully happy anyway. Like there's times I come, I come close or I can like enjoy a set and go, oh, that was all right. That was good. But I'm very rarely like happy about my set because I'm just thinking I just want the laughs to be louder. I want more laughs. You know, I want to be more comfortable on stage. I want to convey these jokes in a way that doesn't feel scripted. la di da 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 um, The show itself was great. Um, you know, it was a big crowd. It was put on by Chad Sinclair. Shout out. Uh, he's a newer comic who's producing shows in Cape Breton. And it was a good fucking venue. Big venue. Packed room. 
Chris and Travis did great. Um, it's always awkward when you think you did, like you're not fully happy with how you did. And then you have to sit through two people doing really well. And you're just like, oh God, I feel like a, I feel like a fucking piece of shit. And you're like sitting alone in a corner. Um, that's always a moment in comedy that I don't love. I don't love those moments. Um, but you know, I'm hanging in there. I have some new jokes that I'm working out right now. I've been back on the mics a little bit and, uh, it's been going okay. You know, that's what I'll say. It has been going amazing and it hasn't been going terrible. New jokes are going to bomb. Sometimes they're not going to always land. I'm literally working them out. So I just need to, I just need to remind myself of that, that this is part of the process and, uh, things are going to be a little shaky for a little bit before I get my sea legs back. But next week I booked four shows next week, which is a lot. And, um, I told myself a while ago that my cap would be three, like three would be my max, max, max to be a sane person that week, you know, two would be, that's also, you know, that's fine. Two, two mics a week. I can do that. One would be lovely. Like one mic a week, you know, it's enough to make sure you're not getting rusty, but it's not so much that you feel overwhelmed. Like you can't make other plans and you can't do other things. That's the issue with my life is that I just do so fucking much that I just feel exhausted all the time. I feel like I just never have fun. So, but you know what? It, it's a, it, listen, I think there's something to be said for momentum. And my hope is that next week is going to give me some momentum to get some confidence back and really work on these new jokes and figure them out because I am excited about the ideas and the jokes. I'm not so excited about the jokes themselves. I think they'll get there. You know, I, I, I think they will get there. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with comedy in life. Um, that's my honest update on, uh, how I'm doing, but let's get into, I did ask you guys to send me voicemails and questions, um, which by the way, you can always do, um, through the speak pipe link and also the talk line form, which is always in the description of these podcasts. And they also live in the link tree on Instagram. So I'm always taking those questions, whether for intros or for, you know, when I actually have guests on, we can, we can answer them together. So please do that going forward. But I did get some from you guys. Uh, not a lot. I'll be honest. Not a lot that's uh, usable on here. Some people hitting on me a little bit, which uh, is always appreciated, but it's just kind of a weird way to hit on someone um, through an anonymous form because it kind of makes me feel like, am I a guilty pleasure? Like, am I someone who like people don't like people are ashamed to like be attracted to me? That's how it kind of makes me feel in some way. But I'm going to try to think of it positively and just say thank you for the compliment. But I do love questions, life dilemmas, things you need advice on, comments, rants, things that are pissing you off, um, a fun story that you think I'd enjoy, things like that. So let's start with the talk line 
form. Since we're kind of on the comedy train, um, I did get some questions about stand-up. Okay, so the first question that came through from Anonymous is, what's the most frustrating thing about doing stand-up? <sighs> this is like choosing between my children because there's so many. <laughs> there's so many things that frustrate me about stand-up. And one thing that I'm kind of realizing through this break and just through me kind of assessing my mood and my feelings around stand-up, lately it's been definitely more negative than positive. And there's a guilt associated with that because stand-up comedians, in order to do this insane thing, we need to love it to motivate us to get up on stage. And so many comics fucking love it. They have fun. They enjoy the art. They bomb, but they don't mind bombing. Like, they, you know, they take it as critical feedback, but they don't let it ruin them. You know, it's an art that a lot of people are passionate about. And lately I've just been feeling that passion dwindling, dwindling so much to a point where it's like, do I even enjoy this? Do I even want to keep doing this? I would never quit stand up. I don't want to ever say oh, I'm done. Uh, as Jordan Foisy would say, hanging up the mic on the mic stand and being like, I'll see you later. You know, like this like really cheesy final scene of quitting stand-up. I'm, I'm not going to do that because I don't think, even if I were to stop doing it for like an extended period of time, I don't think it would ever leave my bones. I think it's still in there. I think there's a lot of ways to incorporate comedy into your life that I would love to investigate more. Things like sketch comedy. You know, I have so many ideas for sketches that I want to eventually do. And it's... To, to do that on top of podcasting, on top of working, on top of general stand-up would be a lot. So I guess what I'm saying is I've been assessing my mood about it. It hasn't been great. There's a lot of things that frustrate me. If I had to pick one, for me personally, it is just literally writing new jokes. I find it so fucking goddamn hard. There's times where I find it easy, but it's very rare. And they're like little moments that I go, thank God I thought of that. Um, and they usually pop into my head randomly if I'm like walking around thinking about something. But my stand-up is observational. I'm not a storyteller. I also don't have stories to tell because I really don't have a life. <laughs> so there's that. But a lot of my jokes are um, observational and I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of premises. But to sit down and go, I need to write a joke out of this. I find difficult. I find the motivation to commit to joke writing also very hard. And maybe that has something to do with the ADHD um, and the lack of motivation right now. Like maybe I'm just finding it harder because of the mental state I'm in currently because I feel like it wasn't always this hard for me. You know, like when I started, I my first year of stand-up, I really started with a lot of jokes. I had a lot. It was like I just dumped my heart into it in that first year and talked about a lot of experiences that are now I don't relate to anymore. I don't relate to those experiences. I'm still doing some of those jokes. You know, some of my best jokes are still the ones from that first year that I've just fleshed out more and developed. But um, the thing that really frustrates me is just trying to convey authenticity but in a funny way. 
like the jokes I'm writing about now are about mental illness. They're about death. They're about the reality of my financial situation being a single woman living alone in a time where things are more expensive than ever. You know, so I'm trying to write jokes about that, about my current state versus, you know, all the sex stuff, which was years ago. You know, I haven't had sex in two years, over two years. So it's hard for me to convey myself as that character now because I don't think I am that character anymore. So it's just kind of this awkward thing. It's really frustrating. Um, I want to be that person who writes every day and develops that habit, but I have a big issue with forming habits. It's really bad, but it's also psychotic because there are certain habits that I do religiously. You know, like routine stuff, like, you know, how I go to bed, like that nighttime routine is very much so the same every single night. Um, you know, the morning routine, kind of the same every single night. But other than that, I fucking suck at habits and routine. Really do. Again, it's ADHD. So really, maybe this is all just reassuring me that I need to get on different medication to fix this and be more motivated uh, and feel that concentration get better. But that's, I think, if I could name one, there's tons. I don't even want to get into sexism and the experience as a woman, because that's a whole podcast on its own. That's a whole fucking documentary on its own. And that's another project for another time, guys, because I might still do something with that idea. I'm I'm formulating things. I have some, some spreadsheets with numbers, with numbers showing the lack of women on shows. Um, and I'm also writing something about my experience as a woman in comedy, and also my experience of falling out of love with this art. Again, very honest and not the most positive, but it's real. So that's what matters to me. But that's a whole other podcast for another time. We're not going to get into that now. Right now, I'm just frustrated at writer's block. Not being motivated to write. Not having any like ideas that are like surefire great ideas. Um, that's what's really fucking frustrating me right now frustrating sorry not frustrating frustrating okay another comment this is a comment not a question and this is one that I really appreciated reading um especially right now so it says hi Sarah I don't want you to ever worry whether or not you got an episode ready for the week If you need to take some time, no worries. I want you to take care of yourself and basically have a bit of a break. I know that you have a full-time job aside from the podcast. As a subscriber to the podcast, all I can ask is you don't quit on us. You are a valuable member of a community that provides a little spark of laughter. You are Halifax Comedy. And what a nice fucking message that is. That is a, that's what I call a framer message. That's what I call a message that I always tend to get when I do feel like giving up. It's really strange. These things tend to come in during those times. But to address some of these things, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because part of me feels so guilty about slacking um, and not being consistent with my release and all of this. And I think it's because I'm always praised 
you know, there's comments right a, right ahead of this from former um, episodes that are like, you're such a hard worker and I, I admire your dedication. And it's always the um, the number one thing that people say about me for the most part, which I'm very proud of, but it does make me hold myself to a standard that is not sustainable. And that is what what has happened in this last month. I would even say end of summer to, to now, honestly, because as soon as the summer came in July, I decided to go bi-weekly just to be able to have some time to enjoy summer. And it was a fucking dream. It was amazing. Having that extra time made me realize how much I needed that extra time and just how much of my life I poured into this podcast before this. I mean, minus, I guess, the five-month break I took from the show before I relaunched it. But before that, it was fucking consistent for four goddamn years. And I've been learning a lot about burnout. I've been reading up about it. And there are truly long-term effects of burnout. Like a lot of people think, "Take, take a little break, take some time off, have a relaxing weekend and recharge. In order for me to recharge from those four years, plus, you know, I guess this the second season, this relaunch too, um, it's going to take me a long time to fucking recover from that burnout. Probably years, actually. And burnout recovery is something you have to fucking do every single day. So it's things like listening to your body, making sure you're getting rest, you know, keeping track of your mood and and your resentments, like, kind of pinpointing when you start resenting things. That was a big thing for me in stand-up. I was really getting resentful doing shows. Like I wasn't having fun and I was feeling resentful because I didn't have a life outside of that. So it has made me realize just how burnout I am. And the reason I appreciate that message is, is you're saying it's okay, take time, do your thing. And I really appreciate that, you guys. So big thank you to you listeners for having patience with me during this fucking brutal fall. Like, this fall has been fucking the worst fall ever. And normally I am love fall, and it's my favorite time. I thrive. I usually thrive at this time of year. And now it's, it's, just, it's just been really, really bad. But... Yeah, there's a guilt associated with me not posting, and I do have a sense of, like, I'm letting people down. I feel like people are disappointed in me. I'm not living up to the standard that people have in their heads of this hard, dedicated worker. So that that was bumming me out for a long time, so I do thank you for that message. Um, and the next question, I think, kind of does relate to this. Um, this is a question from one of my favorites. One of my favorite guests on the show and super hilarious comic who left us um, is living in BC now. It is the great Matt Baker um, gave me this actually just through message because his voice voicemails weren't working on his phone. So he's like, here's my question. Um, and his question was discuss the importance of living and having experiences outside of comedy to help influence your writing, which is right on brand with what we've been talking about. Matt and I always talk about this. 
um, and when we message each other about struggles with writing and the importance of balance. And I think Matt is a great example of someone who chose a life now that gives him more balance moving to BC rather than being here. Um, it's provided him with a more balanced life, which I think can only help your comedy. Um, but ding, 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 ding. I think that this is so fucking important and it's something I'm super passionate about talking about, which is the importance of doing things outside of stand-up. Oh my God. I don't know how people, I mean, I guess I, I guess they're kind of anomalies, but people who are just, just stand up all the time, stand up, go, go, go all the time, mics, mics, mics. And it's just stand up. I don't know how people mentally do that. I truly don't. I'm very lucky where podcasting was a thing that I had outside of comedy for a long time, but as soon as I started doing comedy, because I was having comedians on as guests, it was just, it was still a lot of comedy, 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 comedy. You know, like they, they're kind of married in a weird way, this podcast and stand up. So they are two different things. I do really love podcasting. That's where I want my career to go. But they're very similar and they're very closely tied. So even then, I felt like there wasn't a lot of separation. Um, and those are two super time consuming hobbies that take up a lot of my life. And for me this summer, I think I really tried to lean into experiences and having chill nights, um, doing what I really just wanted to do versus what I thought I had to do. And I think I really got there this summer. I think the summer was like one of the better summers that I've had in terms of that. Um, but I think it's so important to have things outside of comedy to rest, to rest your brain from like the mental strains of it, but also to have things to write about. Because I think the reason I'm having so much trouble writing right now is because right now I'm really not living that much because of the depression. I'm not, I'm not out there doing things. I'm not being social. You know, I try to get outside to walk every day. You know, that's really the extent of it. Um, but I haven't really allowed myself to just live life to live life. And I'm always thinking in my head, I need to get jokes. So that feels weird and not right. You know, just just having experiences to write jokes. So I don't know, and I'd love fucking feedback on this. I don't know how you live life authentically and take that pressure off yourself I feel like when that happens, that's where the jokes will come, you know, in those really natural moments of you just living your life and something will happen and bam, you have a joke. And then there you go. You're you're satisfying both needs. Um, but right now, dear God, it's fucking hard. Um, I got to like I got to <laughs> I told Matt, I was like, I got to go. I got to go take a trip in the mountains and kiss a boy or, or something like I need to do something you know outside of this because it's really it's been draining on me and um it's like I said it's kind of not bringing me joy anymore um and I I don't think that that's forever I just think I have to do you know make more balance in my life make more time I gotta make time for fun I gotta literally schedule in fun in my google calendar I was really good at that for a little bit. 
And I, I really did fall off of that um, habit, unfortunately, uh, because sometimes if I'm feeling unmotivated and I have a free night, I do just end up scrolling TikTok and being in the little pit, which is not good. So I actually, I got to make like fucking legit plans to do things, to interact with people, to experience new experiences too, because holy fuck, that would give you a lot of material for jokes, just doing something out of your comfort zone that you've never done before. Um, so there's that. I mean, like so much of my material is about dating and relationships and I really don't date. I just don't do it. You know, I swipe, I swipe on the apps like what, like maybe twice a month at 3 a.m., <laughs> you know, like an after midnight swipe. And it's usually just out of boredom or like just wanting to kind of just see, just to see who's liked me and maybe get some validation from that. It just feels so ugh, not great. Um, but it would be really nice if I had space in my life to focus on that. Uh, I know you shouldn't focus on it too much because it won't happen if you focus on it too much. But you got to do something. Can't stay in your house. Anyway, you know, that's that's so much of my material is just talking about that right there. But um, I just I think it's so fucking important. And I think Kyle Carpenter said it and I'll never forget it. He said stand up is a leaky basket to put your eggs into it's it's going to destroy you mentally. It's going to wear on you. It's going to make you exhausted. It's going to make you cranky. If the only validation you have comes from stand-up, I think it's an important validation, but I don't necessarily think it should be your only validation. And you should have something outside of it. You know, a simple thing that you like doing that just brings you joy that's just for you because I think that's what it is right there. Stand-up you know, a lot of people enjoy the process of stand-up. Personally, they love the joke writing. And those are the people who bomb and don't really care about bombing because they just they're they just enjoy saying the jokes. Um, but at the end of the day, the audience matters. You gotta make them laugh, or you're not gonna be a successful comedian. Um, so we are relying so much on other people's laughter to make us feel special. Um so when you're going through a hard time and you're not getting that laughter, ooh boy, does it feel bad. And it can truly crush you. But if you had something outside of that, like let's talk about Matt. Matt fucking has photography. He goes out and takes amazing pictures. Um, you got to check out his stuff because it's truly amazing. You know, he fishes. He loves the outdoors. He has these other things that make him happy so that he can do stand up and potentially do bad. Although I don't necessarily think he's always doing bad because he's a great comedian, but like, you know, that's part of it, you know, not doing the best. I think those things will charge you, will charge you up to be the best comedian that you can be. So I think it's ridiculously important and it continues to be a challenge of mine and one that I really got to fucking nail down, man. How do I do that? I don't know. Maybe sign up for some classes that like I have a financial, you know, obligation to go to these classes. Um, so anyone with cars that want to take me into the woods, please do. That sounds so fucking weird and rapey that what I just said just there. But you know what I mean. I want to get out of the city. I want to see the wilderness. 
I still want to do mushrooms. I haven't done mushrooms yet. I would love to do that. I am in a phase of life right now that I think is very transformational in a very cheesy way because I'm realizing that burnout and I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, shit or get off the pot. You got to do something about it or you're going to stay in this fucking pit forever. And I really don't want to. So push has come to shove. I think that's what this, that's what 2022 has been. It's been push has come to shove for sure. If I could summarize the year, it would be push has come to shove which is one of those sayings. I need Albert Coombs because me and Albert love looking into sayings and where they come from. I would love to look up what that means. Push has come to shove. Let's see. Okay, so this term comes from rugby where after an infraction of rules, forwards from each team face off and push against one another until one player can kick the ball to a teammate and resume the game. All right. Don't really understand that, but that's where it comes from. It comes from rug- rugby. It comes from rugby. I love learning these things. I really do. But yeah, so fucking do things outside of stand-up. It's important. It's what's going to bring you joy. If all of a sudden another pandemic happens and we don't have stand-up, you're still going to have something. So you got to have things outside of it. Take up hobbies that are literally just for you and no one else. Literally no one else. I think that's so goddamn important okay let's get to voicemails we have some voicemails that i'm very excited to play first voicemail let's hear it hi i was wondering what your opinion is on separating the art from the artist i guess it goes in with cancel culture and things like that but how do you feel about when an artist does something uh and and in their personal life and you want to separate that from the artwork they created that you still love of course you know things like um jk rowling and dave Chappelle come to mind but um there are lots of examples yeah oh man i think pretty positive that that was the great andrea avery if i do have the voice correct shout out andrea avery Love that. Love you, girl. Thanks so much for sending me in a voicemail. Um, Great question. I think it's a relevant question as well because of the shit going on with Kanye West. Um, A lot of people canceling him and, you know, he's losing work from his shitty comments. It's a perfect example. It is a very tough thing to answer. I don't necessarily have a black and white answer i think this goes back into nuance and what is the thing they did how badly do i feel about the thing they did you know because like you know when i think of people like r kelly piece of fucking shit but i still kind of giggle when i hear trapped in the closet you know it's i'm not gonna listen to it on repeat i'm not but if i happen to hear it i'm gonna giggle about it and then I'm going to remember the shitty things he did and probably feel get bad for giggling. So I think that people fall into that spiral of you might not fully consume an artist anymore. You might not like outwardly actively be supporting them, but you still might in your core enjoy the art style, which is icky and it's, it's icky and tricky. 
icky and tricky is what it is. And I, you know, I guess I should think like Taylor Swift, fucking love her so much. She's my religion, essentially. If she did something bad, I'm like, what is the worst thing she could do that would make me no longer listen to her music? If certain lines are crossed, I think I would have trouble separating the art from the artist. Things like, you know, pedophilia, rape, you know, those are two big ones that come to mind. Um, If you are racist, homophobic, those things I think are at the top tier of my list of things that I would, it would be hard for me to separate. Um, If it's shitty text messages, if it's you cheated on your partner, I can kind of forgive that. I can kind of go, that was a shitty thing you did, but you're human and humans do that all the time. And I can still consume your art. I'm not a huge Maroon 5 fan, by the way. I should add that. I used to be. When there was one album that they put out that I was I fucking loved. And I think it was the one with um I wanna say, was it the one with this love? Or the one after that? It might have been the one after that with Wake Up Call. I really liked that album. Uh, and that, that album like reminds me of a certain time in my life. But yeah, I'm not like going into Spotify and actively listening to Maroon 5. But like if Wake Up Call came on, I might just bob my head a little bit, you know? And I don't necessarily think you're bad for bobbing your head along. I just don't. You know, like, I don't, I, this is really, it's a tricky thing to answer. I think this has been discussed a couple times in the podcast, just like the nuance of this question. Um, and I really think it's like, I think it's a personal thing. And I think it comes down to like your personal values and how much what that person did, how much that, that what that person did impacted you personally. Because um, if you really... Because the reality is, is that people are shit. People are fucking terrible. They make terrible mistakes. There's some awful people in the world. And chances are some of those awful people have made art that we've consumed and enjoyed. Um, And art itself is hard to get out of your psyche. It It just is. Like fucking Ignition, you know, another great example. That song, before R. Kelly was canceled was a fucking jam that song would come on people would fucking cheer that was like a party song it was just it was just such a good song at that time and now it's like people people are just they feel bad for liking it uh Whitney Cummings has a great bit in her new hour about this just about the guilt we feel about enjoying still enjoying those songs and again I just I just think it's not black and white and we can't you know, we can't judge people if they bob their head a little bit, <laughs> you know, to that song. Um, Kanye West is a piece of shit, though. I really am. I really, truly do think he is. And I'm this is coming from me, someone who listened to the first 15 minutes of his interview with Lex Freeman on Lex Freeman's podcast, which I actually really like. And I just I had to turn. And usually I stick it out. I'm not opposed to hearing out the people that I disagree with and don't necessarily like, 
You know, like I will hear them out. I will listen. I will listen. I could not get fucking through that podcast. I think I got to like the 15 minute point and I was just like, I got to turn this off because I just can't do it. I don't like Kanye. I don't respect him based on the things that have come out about him. But Stronger is a jam. (laughs) Hopefully I don't get canceled for this podcast. But I think... I think a lot of people will agree with me on that, that it is not, you shouldn't be shunned for kind of thinking that song wasn't so bad back then. You know, you know, um, I know I certainly wouldn't, but you know, if you are, um, I don't know. I, I don't know where the line is. I just think it really, it's such a personal thing and it comes down to your personal values and what offends you personally um and there are a lot there are levels everybody there are levels to these things all right the next voicemail here we go hello sarah and guest i have a very goofy juvenile schoolgirl thing for you to help me with um, I met this guy recently and I have a big fat crush on him. Uh, he's the only guy who's made me nervous in a really long time, like shaking, uh, while giving him my number, kind of nervous. Um, and I texted him the other day and I was just sending a super encouraging, like, Hey, hope you're in for me. But now I'm freaking out that I freaked him out because uh, I can come on super strong um, and backpedaled. But I guess my question is, like, I don't know how to keep my cool around this guy. I barely function when he talks to me. Uh, so I'm just wondering how you keep your cool around your crush. Thanks, pals. <laughs> Appreciate you. Aww. Oh, man. I feel like, again, this is a familiar voice. It's either my friend Zoe or Amanda Spriggs. Please, whoever you are, identify yourself next time. Because your voice sounds like two people I know. Might be Amanda, though. I'm pretty sure it's Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Thanks so much for your voicemail. Um, It did skip at one point. Um, So I don't know what you did that might have come off too strong. Um, I can maybe assume maybe it was just like a text message that might have been, maybe you thought it was like too much or something. Um, so how do you keep your cool around a crush? Fuck, I'm a bad person to ask this question to because when I'm crushing on someone, I feel like I get like the opposite. Like I almost get more shy around them, um, which makes it very weird. And they'll just like come on the podcast and talk about them and then, um, uh, make clips out of moments that I've had with them. If they are guests, which a lot of them have. (laughs) It's a weird experience watching yourself back interact with someone at the time you knew that I like, I knew like me watching me back interacting with people I liked at the time is a crazy thing to watch. Um, But how to keep your cool, that's okay. I do think there is something to being your full self 
and putting yourself out there because why not? You know, um, you might have a better chance with that person than say someone like me who would be shy and would just like try not to be myself uh, and end up having the person never know that I liked them at all. So I almost think that you have the better situation than someone like me who gets very closed off. I would say also just talk to your friends about them and then that might actually get out a lot of that giddy giddy energy. Um, And so then when you're around them, it's not as much maybe. I don't know, but I don't necessarily think it's too much. I I guess I would have to exactly know what exactly you're doing um, and why it's a bad thing. Because I think we get told that we're too much a lot. And um, what's that fucking cheesy saying that was around TikTok a bunch? It was like, um, if you think I'm too much, then go get less. Something like along those lines. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't repress it. I would just be your fucking self and don't be too worried about it because if this person actually likes you back, which hopefully they do, um, they won't get intimidated by how you're acting around them. In fact, I feel like men maybe appreciate knowing that someone likes them. Because a common thing theme that I've kind of, taken away from talking to a lot of guys on here is that a lot of men don't know when women are flirting or when women like them. Um, So it's almost like we should be more blunt and more explicit about, I like you. (laughs) Why is it so hard? (laughs) Why is that such a hard thing to do? But it is such a hard thing to do because I've been in that situation and I... I revert to a 14-year-old. You know, the hovering over the text message, not quite pressing send a thousand times and waiting and waiting and waiting and finally build up the courage to press send. I will never forget when I did that, you know, a couple of years ago with friends, finally sent the message and didn't hear back from this guy for two days. Terrible feeling. <laughs> Maybe not a great example for me to use in this situation, but I would say don't keep your cool. Be your fucking self. Be blunt and out there and lay it on the fucking line. Because if you really like this guy, this could be a great chance to see what happens. So why not fucking do it? Maybe I should be more explicit with crushes. I don't really like anyone right now which is wild, which is probably why I'm not uh, horny anymore. I don't get horny, but because I'm demisexual and I need to like someone to feel that horniness. But uh, there's certainly crushes that I'm like, I think I'm always going to have kind of a little thing for this crush, you know, like, and maybe I should be more shameless and being like, hey, listen, I got a thing for you. You probably don't feel the same way, but hey, what a nice compliment. You know, is it not nice to know that you're liked? I think it's nice if it's done the right way. Why not? Why not take it as a fucking compliment? So maybe more people should be more open with their crushes. And that is my answer to your question. Be your fucking self. 
You don't need to calm down. Just be you. And hopefully something will come out of it. Whether that's like a flirtation or a date or something. But you've inspired me. Maybe now I will be more blunt with people. Yeah. That's it, you guys. That's the bonus episode. I'm at an hour. I did it. I did a full hour by myself. I don't know how good that was. I'm sure it was very, very rambly. Um, and maybe not that entertaining, but I just wanted to check in with you all, chat, get the juices flowing, get, get my mouth, get my mouth moving and the juices flowing. Um, it's good. It's good to be, have this as a place to talk about things. So thank you for listening. Um, and hopefully I will be back with more episodes. I will say now that I'm at the end that, there's a couple things in the works here. Um, there is a potential live show that might happen this month. I don't have a date yet, so that's why I'm not making any announcements. But um, the great Matt Baker, who sent in a question earlier, is going to be in town. And also the amazing Brian Otter is moving back to Halifax. And it just seems like great timing to bring some of my fave podcast guests together and do a really fun live show which will probably consist of live debates, just like the last one. So much fucking fun. That itself could just be a show. I don't even necessarily have to do anything else. Live debates, maybe like some, you know, fun like um, speed rants, like maybe like timed 30 second rants. We could potentially do a mini interview, like an express intoxicated episode with someone I haven't had on yet. That's something I'd, I'd love to do, like in between rounds, maybe. So maybe it would be like mostly live debates, but some other fun segments in between. So that may or may not happen. Please stay up, to, like stay tuned, because I might have more information soon on that. Uh, the other thing is, is I'm approaching 250 episodes, and my update is that I don't have an update on the future of this show. <laughs> Oh, the message from earlier, you know, said don't quit on us. But um, I'm always thinking about the future of this podcast and what the future has in store for me. And it has been five years. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about things like that. Not saying it's ending anytime soon. Um, I certainly would not want to just end it out of nowhere. But, you know, I'm I might just I might be bringing back some favorites, some returning guests that I just genuinely love um, in the next little bit, at least even to get me up to 250. Uh, and then at 250, at the very least, I'm probably going to be taking a little bit of a break <laughs> um, at 250 episodes. So that's just, um, you know, a little podcast update for you all. I appreciate you all so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you made it this far, here's my secret hashtag. It is going to be hashtag anti-hero in honor of the great and powerful Taylor Swift anti-hero hashtag. So let me know if you made it through this. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.